Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to What Do You Say Anime? I am your host, Peter. On today's episode, I'm going to be doing a solo mission and talking about my personal recommendations of the four main demographics and popular genres that are in anime. I'll be breaking this up into two separate parts. So how this is going to work is I'm going to be giving my staple on that demographic or genre. So if you are new to the anime sphere, this is going to be kind of my recommendation on what you should be looking for and what I think is like the pinnacle of that specific genre or demographic along with a lesser known series where maybe um, the majority of people who are into anime maybe haven't seen. I'm using a my anime list reference of less than 250,000 members, sort of as my reference tool. So for reference, like Attack on Titan has like 3 million members on my anime list. So something that has, you know, like a 16th of the member base of a specific show it's kind of like what I'm thinking along the lines of maybe a lesser known show that even if you are a seasoned anime watcher, maybe these recommendations for you could be something that you could look into. So that's kind of like what I'm using. And I'm also have to be basing it off of shows that I have personally seen. So if I am missing something, a staple of a genre or a demographic that I haven't seen and it's not on my list, it's because I probably just missed it. And hopefully my reference of me seeing about 700 anime is good enough for everybody out there. So that's kind of like what I'm using as my reference and my tools for my recommendations. So without further ado, let's get started with the four big demographics of anime. First up, we have Shonen, which is targeted towards males aged 12 to 18. My personal staple of this genre, actually it's a demographic, is Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. To me, this is a complete story from start to finish I was fully engaged with. It is my number two anime of all time. Along with having a great sub, what I think is great for newer folks alike is that the dub is also fantastic. It's a very easy show to get people into in watching anime. Now, if you are, have already seen this, like most people have, my personal recommendation in the Shonen demographic for a show I think a lot of people haven't seen is a show called Kono Oto Tomare. What Kono Oto Tomare is, is a pub-based music anime around sort of like the brotherhood and friendship that is in a club like you were in high school. So whether you played sports or band or something like that, Kono Oto Tamari kind of mimics that with like a male focused as the two main characters of the show are both uh, high school seniors trying to compete. Actually, sorry, they are high school juniors uh, in the manga. They are seniors. Uh, they are trying to compete for a traditional styled instrument called a Kono and tried to make it to national. So it's kind of that stereotypical, like let's make it to national type of thing that you see in anime. However, with the music focus is a little different than what you see in something like IQ or Ahu no Sora or Slam Dunk or something like that in traditional high school sports. This is more focused along the lines of music and there are some more drama elements to it. However, still focused and lighthearted enough to be targeted towards that demographic. So my staple, Full Metal, Alchemist Brotherhood, and my recommendation is Ono Oto Tamare. Moving away from Shonen, we have Sinan, which is its older brother that targets the demographic of 18 plus males. This ranges anywhere from fatherhood to murderous Vikings, which leads me to where I am now in my staple, Vinland Saga. It's a depiction of 11th century Vikings and its main character Thorfinn as his adventure of redemption and revenge. It is a fantastic, mature themed show that I would recommend anybody out there who is looking for some more uh mature especially in terms of uh visuals and content and dialogue uh villain saga to me is just a masterclass of the sign and demographic 
And sort of my lesser known one that I have been really enjoying, I actually finished up last season, is called Police in a Pod. It is about two female police officers set in Japan that deal with real life topics that I found at some points disturbing, but I think that the realness of the show is really what sets it apart. It deals with stuff like sexual assault, um, domestic abuse, death, elderly, suicide, stuff like that, where it's these more mature themes. However, how they handle it in a way that they do seemed very nurturing and well done. It wasn't to mock or anything like that. It was a fantastic show that I would recommend anybody who's looking for some more mature themed um, drama to go check out Police in a Pod. After that, those are the male demographics. We're going to move over to the female demographics. The first one is called Shoujo, which is similar to Shonen, is targeted to 12 to 18 year old females. Uh, I think a lot of times the common misconception that this is mainly focused on romance. And while romance is a huge staple of shoujo, let's not get confused that it has other elements as well. That is just fantastic. So my staple for shoujo in terms of anime is Fruits Basket. Especially the remake is a complete story of the manga that I fell in love with the cast of characters. Haru is such a fantastic female lead. That can really gravitate towards not only females, but I found myself personally connecting with Toru as well. It is three seasons. It is, I think, roughly 62 episodes, I think, in full. And the recent remake just completed the whole story, and I absolutely fell in love with the series all over again. Highly recommended to anybody who's looking into more shoujo stuff. My lesser-known one that I, I'm a little cheating here because its original ran of its manga was labeled as a shonen. Currently, if you looked on Mal, it is a sign-in, which I'm really having a hard time depicting like what it is, really. So just for cheating sakes, I'm putting this in the shoujo. It was my anime of the year last year, Kagiki Shoujo. It is a telling of actors who are looking to gravitate into a field in Japan where it is a all-female cast that play both gender roles, which is a very interesting concept. Uh, it's a real-life thing in the world right now. Um, I'm blanking on the term, but it's like it's a real thing where it's only female um, actors and actresses. And it depicts a sort of the up-and-coming of a few characters. One is a former idol, along with someone who just has the natural charisma and talent to be a stage actor. And it really is just a fantastic tale of some of the hardships that you see, especially targeted towards women, uh, you see stuff like eating, um, body like dysphoria and stuff like that, along with the feeling of like not being good enough when you have like a sibling in the same field. It covers a wide range of that, along with its cast just being absolutely stacked. It was one of my most favorite shows of last year, hence why it won my anime of the year. And after Shoujo, Graduating from high school, we get Jose, which is targeted towards 18 plus females, along with similar to Sign In, has having more mature themes. It still has the the undertones of sometimes being uh, ranging anywhere from like motherhood uh, to also violence. Um, my my staple for the Jose genre is a show called Kids on the Slope, which takes place in uh, post World War II Japan that centers on that centers on jazz and the relationships that's built through music. It is a fantastic show that ranges from heartbreaking and emotional to fun and toe-tapping jazz music. Uh, my lesser-known Jose that I would recommend is a show called Honey and Clover, 
which is set in a art school college in Japan and deals with some of the relationship building of your classmates and your peers while trying to figure out what you want to do in life. Like in, in this specific instance, they're an art school. They know that they want to do something with art, but they struggle with sometimes the interpersonal communications with their peers, along with trying to find a career and finding a path in art. Um, you, you see the disparity with somebody who is much better than one other person and how they come to terms with that and how they can try to advance themselves in that field. It's a very well done college anime, which is a rarity and I highly recommend it to a lot of people. Those are the demographics. We got through all of those four. So next up, we're going to move to specific genres. Uh, first up, we got action. Who doesn't love a good fight? And to me, the staple for action is Hunter Hunter, along with having fantastic choreographed fights. It also has the impact in storytelling that those fights have meaning for which is what I look for when I see fights. I'm not looking for necessary evil guy who just wants to blow up the world looking at you, Frieza. I'm looking for impact. I'm looking for meaning for why these people are the reasons that they are. And sort of the deconstruction that you see of these characters and where they come from, along with having a fantastic protagonist and cast of an ensemble that we have with Gon and Killua and Kurapika and Leorio, and it has my favorite fight of all time in Merium versus Netero. It's just a fantastic show that touches a whole bunch of different genres. However, to me, the impact of the action is what sets it apart from other shows. And my lesser known action show that I'm going to recommend is a show that we actually reviewed on the podcast as one of our first shows for Watch Club. It's a show called Princess Principle. And it sort of has this over-the-top mystery James Bond theme with a female cast. It has a steampunk-esque um, style of show that is really not seen, I, I think, in anime. At least from my understanding and what I've seen personally. You don't see a lot of steampunk-esque shows. The, the music in this show is fantastic. And it's just a breath of fresh air in the action scene. Where if you're looking for something that is straightforward in what it's trying to do... It doesn't hide what it's trying to do. It's not a perfect show, however, when I watched it and got through all of it, it was a very thorough and enjoyable ride. So my lesser known action recommendation is a show called Princess Principal, and it's still getting movies. It's still coming out, so we have more content if you're a fan of that. Moving away from action, we have Mystery, which is leads to me to what I think is the best anime ever made, just in general, and that's Perfect Blue. It is a Satoshi Kon film made by Madhouse Studios that mixes... Uh, some horror elements and psychological elements with um, split personality disorder and some things, what objects in the in the mirror may not like appear what they should be. So it has a very nice twist to a psychological element along with um, the idol scene in Japan is a really cool um, adaptation and how they incorporate that into a psychological horror film. Um, along with the mystery of trying to put the pieces together of who, what, where, when, why, to me, Perfect Blue is just a fantastic story. And my lesser known one is from last year. The, the show, not a movie, it's a show called Sunny Boy. We actually reviewed it for Watch Club, and it's just a great um, analogy for childhood and growing up and the mystery of the world and what's to come. And if you're a fan of these character-driven shows with a unique take on how somebody is supposed to be in life and how they're supposed to grow up in life and 
putting those pieces together in your life, the, the mystery of life itself, that's what Sunny Boy does. And to me, Sunny Boy was just an enj a very enjoyable ride. I had an absolute blast watching it. And to me, it is a fantastic show that I would recommend to anybody who is looking for a more in-depth show, a show that you need to put your cell phone down and pay attention. You need to look for the clues. You need to put your mind together and go on maybe Reddit or something when you don't have a question because this show is very deep and has a lot of like subtle meaning and visual storytelling elements that I thoroughly enjoy. And to me, Sunny Boy was one of my favorite shows from last year. I think I gave it like my number nine spot. It's just an incredible show. And I highly recommend it if you're looking for something more in depth and a mystery element that's not just solving the puzzle. It's not this who done it. It's more of a what or why. So it's a very very unique style of mystery. After mystery, let's get a little bit more in depth in drama. So my staple, it's my favorite anime of all time. Perfect Blue, I think, is the best anime of all time. This is my favorite anime of all time. Uh, and that's Violet Evergarden. Uh, shocker, if you know me, I absolutely adore this show. Violet Evergarden, to me, is a full encapsulation of a show that is um, a, a child war-torn soldier who doesn't really know where her place in life is and sort of just takes on the role of this message carrier, this message writer, um, trying to get the stories of other people out to the people that need it the most, while in turn sort of writing her own story. She had her first path with war. This is like the second coming of her life. It's a very unique style show where it uses words and letters as its basis of its storytelling. And you get to see the encapsulation of Violet as a character throughout this whole period, along with a very unique cast of her, her peers, along with the people that she works with. It is a absolutely incredible show. It's done by Kyoto Animation, so you know that means it's going to be high visuals. Um, it's one of the prettiest shows I've ever seen. The soundtrack itself is just out of this world. So uh, if you haven't seen Violet Evergarden, I don't know what, you must be living under a rock or something because this show is absolutely incredible. Um, the lesser known one, uh, I was actually shocked that this was under the 250k benchmark that I used, is Tokyo Godfathers. It is one of, if not the most popular Christmas anime, I would say, that depicts uh, three homeless people in Japan finding a baby on Christmas Eve. This story is all over the place with its emotions, where we have unique characters trying to find their way in life that are stuck in where they are now, tasked with the responsibility of taking care of a child that they find in the trash. It is heartwarming. It is heartbreaking. But at the same time, you see the real emotions, I think, of somebody in that situation where you're not accepted in society, but on the streets, you are the same as everybody else and some specific characters, um, how, how they're living. It's, it, it's a wonderful adaptation, I think, of just a, a, a storytelling element of homelessness that we don't really see in anime. I've seen it in something like Hinamatsuri, where it's more of like a side plot, but however, this is more of like an entire theme of the story, along with just like, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. These are, in this situation, the, I think, uh, homelessness, it's like a bad rep with like mental health and abuse and stuff like that, where these are just, while these characters do have those elements, deep down inside, it's like, don't judge the book by its cover. Everybody is somewhat good inside of them, and 
you know, these homeless people didn't have to take care of this child. They could have just brought it anywhere, but the deepness in their heart that they needed to find the, the, this parents, this child's parents is just a incredible storytelling element. And it's one of our highest rated shows on watch club. I think we have it as like an average is like a nine. If you haven't seen Tokyo Godfathers, it's like an hour and a half watch. I would definitely go check it out. Uh, moving away from drama, let's get into my favorite genre is romance. Uh, to me, I think the staple of romance in like a completed form is my teen romantic comedy snafu. While I wish that there were more adult themed romances in anime. However, I have to stick to manga for those. Um, my teen romantic comedy snafu has some of the best. Actually, it does have my favorite character development of all time in Hachiman. And just showing how you can be unique in romance, how you can have your own. You don't have to succumb to like peer pressure or how you think that you need to act in a relationship where Hachiman himself has his own goals and own motivations for, for love essentially towards the end of the show, but he wants to do it in a, in a way that he does it. And to me, we have, we see that in probably the best anime confession scene in anime. It's just an absolutely incredible uh, moment with i'm not going to spoil it but hachiman and the girl that he ends up with and how they connect and how they how they use their own personal dialogue throughout the story that you see that it's developed and how they communicate with each other and to me it's like that's what romance is is when you have that connection with another person and you can speak freely and flow perfectly in your own way and that person receives it and sends it back to you and that type of communication is just Kind of what sets Snafu above, say something like, I guess in terms of like a staple, like Toradora. While I I personally have Toradora ranked higher, but that's for like personal reasons. I think Snafu is a better show, in general, and how they depict, um, high school relations. And to me, that's just what it does the best, and that's why I thoroughly enjoy Snafu. And that's why it's my staple for romance, and my lesser known one, is a movie. Called Kase-san and the Morning Glories, and it does have like a TV adaptation as well. But I'm recommending the movie. I think it gives you a a, a very well sense of like what the sh the story is trying to tell. Uh, it is a yuri, so it's between two girls, and it's just a very heartfelt and very easy to watch romance about two people discovering who they are and what they like. It's it's more along the lines of one person knows that she's like a lesbian and the other person kind of understanding what it is and not necessarily sure if that's what they are and their development as a couple and just seeing them grow as not only a couple, but as individuals, because as they get more comfortable with their shells and with themselves and stuff like that, that they become more attached to each other. Uh, they grow closer and you see their relationship just blossom um in morning glory since that's part of the title so let's go with that analogy uh yeah kase-san in the morning glories is just a very i think it's like a 45 minute movie it's pretty short but i think it depicts everything and the manga itself is still ongoing which is fun if you're interested in um uh, yuri style shows it depicts them from high school into college i believe now they're in like the working world so it's kind of fun to see like this span of starting and where they're at now so if you're looking for a romance, uh, check out Kase-san in the Morning Glories. Comedy, uh, very subjective, so you will see my style of comedy. To me, I think the funniest anime I've ever watched is my absolute staple, 
is a show called Also Be Also Bosse. I've mentioned it hundreds of times on this podcast. Uh, if you uh, jokingly, but also I'm dead serious. If you're a fan of fart jokes, uh, just goofing around, being silly, that's what Also Be Also Bosse is. However, it's also uh, in the Konosuba sense where, yeah, it might be a silly fart joke, but it has meaning in the story. Like it progresses the plot. It progresses the story and the relationships with the girls. And it's a hilarious uh, fart style show that I would recommend to anybody who's not looking for like dark style comedy where we have that in anime, but that's more towards like, I feel like live action, like either like TV shows like Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's a little bit away from that. It's more towards lines of think of like jackass, but instead of like physical hurting yourself, it's like psychologically hurting yourself because the, the situations that they put themselves in it's just damning to themselves, but they laugh it off. They have a great time doing it. And you can tell that the three main girls are really good friends and are comfortable in their shells and how they interact with each other is just a wonderful comedy. And I recommend it to almost every single person. My lesser known one is from, I believe it's from last year. And I'm shocked that it's not labeled as a slice of life, but I did have some laughs with this show. And that's called the sleepy princess and the demon castle. And on the surface, I, it sounds silly and maybe childish. However, the premise of the show really drives the comedy. It is a princess who gets kidnapped by um, like Hades or hell or something like that, or like the devil. And all she wants to do is essentially sleep. And while she's in captivity, she wants to like upgrade her cell that she's like locked in. So she goes on like different missions throughout the castle to find like linen and stuffing and stuff like that. So she can have like a more comfortable pillow or a thicker blanket. And she just wants to sleep and gets into hilarious situations with um, the different demons. If you saw something like welcome to demon school, Irmakun has some vibes similar to that. And it's a thoroughly enjoyable watch. And while you're at the same time, it's a hilarious show. Check out De uh, sleepy princess and the demon castle moving away from that we're gonna get a little bit more fantasy style. So first up is Isekai. If you're not familiar with Isekai, that means another world. So we have like trapped in like uh, video games and stuff like that, teleport to other worlds. So that's what Isekai is. Uh, my staple for Isekai is Log Horizon. If you've watched my podcast before, you know I absolutely love Log Horizon. I think it's a fantastic de depiction of being trapped in like World of Warcraft or Final Fantasy XIV, something like that, that you really don't see done well in anime we get a lot of adaptations of these style of video games that i think shit the bed i think log horizon is a fantastic telling of that we have like the guild elements uh party elements that you see in styles of video games where it requires multiple people and that's what log horizon does and i think that is kind of we we get with like sao we get with log horizon but i think it misses the mark and a lot of other isekais that it's more along the lines of like the main characters, like super overpowered and it's reincarnated as whatever, like a slime or a toaster. Like we have that all over the place in Isekai. Log Horizon is just, what if I was the guild master of my guild when I played WoW? And it takes a very cool and unique twist, especially along the lines of like politics and the economy, uh, player versus player combat. What happens when you die in the game? It's really a unique storytelling element in isekais where we just don't have um, a lot of that we see 
in today's age of isekai i do think it's getting better but i think if you've been in the anime world for a little bit you remember that batch of just awful isekai every single season and i feel like it's getting a little bit better but we still have like an overabundance of like absolute generic isekai stuff and then my recommendation for uh a lesser known isekai is called the saint magic power is omnipotent what is really unique about this is we have a style of show where the main character that gets transported into another world isn't really supposed to be there and is more along the lines of a concubine in trying to be like an assistant to the other person that was actually transported. However, the person that they think is the saint, this other person is actually her, which is another selling point to this is a female lead in an isekai. Um, pretty rare i feel like especially in anime i think i know we definitely have those in um manga but i guess in terms of female isekai i think of tanya the evil and that's about it we're getting a second season of this and it's more along the lines of like slice of life um and fantasy than in a traditional um isekai where it seems like there's like an overwhelming threat of doom or the apocalypse or something like that or death this is more of just like accepting that you're in this new world and now you have to essentially be this person. And it's a very interesting style of isekai. And I would definitely recommend it if you are sick of that traditional style of isekai that we see a lot of. If you're looking for something more drama-filled, uh, story-driven, dialogue-based, uh, check out The Saint's Magic Power is Omnipotent. Um, moving away from isekai, but just more fantasy-esque style elements, more like Lord of the Rings that we get. Uh, my pinnacle recently finished absolutely adore the show ranking of kings it is a fantastic story of a midland style um like dark ages-esque with a hint of like wizardry and ogres and stuff like that that you would see in something like lord of the rings uh, we have one of the best main characters that we've had in anime recently with boji along with a fantastic cast like uh, my girl healing which i'm wearing a t-shirt of and kage and a despa and we have a whole bunch of cast of characters it is a coming of age story of a deaf mute boy and his shadowy friend trying to be the king of his recently deceased father and being cursed and being deaf has its limitations on what you can do and to me what ranking of kings does is just a fantastic element of just driving the story with the limitations that you have as a character while overcoming those difficulties with your friends and your family and your loved ones and what you can and cannot do and relying on others. To me, Ranking of Kings is just a fantastic fantasy style show. My recommendation uh, for the lesser known one, I, I think it has less members on my anime list just because it's more newer and it's also because it's a movie. I was able to see this at Anime New York City is the movie Bell, which is a retelling of Beauty and the Beast in anime form using music. It, I, I thought going into it is going to be like a very generic uh, retelling of this story. However, they kind of flipped it on its head and we did like a sort of a full review before, but I gave this movie a nine and going into it, I really did think it was going to be a very average film. However, Bell, Bell really exceeded my expectations and what i saw just in terms of the audio elements with the music since it's so heavily themed in music 
uh, we needed a fantastic soundtrack, and we got that with Bell. It's on Spotify if you ever want to listen to the Bell soundtrack. It's fantastic. Along with just like an intriguing story of modern day using um, artificial intelligence and using VR and using avatars as a new platform for uh, who we see as like um, the next Justin Timberlake, Britney Spears, or something like that. It, it definitely have that in like VTubers and stuff like that area. And Bell kind of hits on those themes, and it's a fantastic retelling of Beauty and the Beast, and I would definitely recommend it when you have the chance to. Moving away from, like, the magic and stuff like that, we're setting our focus on music. Music is a, I feel like, a kind of an underappreciated genre in anime. We have some fantastic ones out there that really just blow you away with the soundtrack that's incorporated with, um the anime itself because these are a lot of these are adapted from manga which you can't hear manga so it's up to the innovators and the creators of these anime to sort of depict on what type of music that they want to generate from what they see in its adaptation to me the best music anime i personally just absolutely thoroughly enjoyed this series it's called sound euphonium uh done by kyoto animation so you don't know Kyoto Animation, fantastic visuals. They're going to blow you away. But the element of band in sort of I talked about earlier with Kono Oto Tamare, where it's more than just music. It's the relationships that you develop within this club and kind of like where it drives you as a person and who you want to be. So it touches on the elements of like, it's not just playing music. Like you're setting yourself up for these regiments and these practices for life like if, if you take these as like a building block for who you are as a person for like a work your work ethic you're more than likely going to be a more successful person than somebody who doesn't do that and we see that in Saudi phonium along with not who they are as just characters but their development as musical players and to me that's what Saudi phonium does fantastic i give the show a 10 i absolutely love it it also has a cool spin-off movie called liz and the bluebird so if you want more you get more it's one of those types of shows. And my lesser known one is completely different than Sound Euphonium. It is way more goofy. It is significantly less animated quality uh, because it's all CG. I talked about this in my like uh, underrated anime of all time. And it's a show called D4DJ. And on the surface, this show looks absolutely silly and ridiculous. It's about girls who create, instead of like an idol group that we see in like Love Live, um, still a, a sort of an idol group, but with more like EDM and dance music. Um, the DJ element is a huge factor in who they are as musicians. And it's a very unique take. And we're getting a second season, which I was really crossing my fingers because it was super popular in Japan. And I'm really happy that we're getting it. If you're a fan of like a more silly style music, I would recommend uh, D4DJ, especially if you're a fan of like Love Live and Idol Culture, it's a kind of a little bit um, more silly, goofy version of that. However, the cast is so good that you'll have a fantastic time watching this show. Uh, and then for music, we're going to get a little bit more, I would say, serious. Um, usually these genres have more serious undertones uh, in terms of. Uh, if it's violence or themes or dialogue and stuff like that, that's kind of where we're leading to. So sci-fi, sci-fi is the first genre up. Uh, the staple, no doubt, I think the majority of people would agree that the staple for sci-fi and anime is Steins Gate. 
Uh, to me, it has the best ending in anime history. I think time travel is impossible to write, and ScienceGate does a fantastic job at applying logic to a ridiculous situation that they are in. If you haven't seen ScienceGate, it is a masterclass. It also has one of my favorite voice... Act- Actually, it is my favorite voice acting performance of all time in Japanese with Okabe. It's just an incredible storytelling element in sci-fi and time travel and whatever the butterfly effect. It has so many fantastic elements in sci-fi that I just thoroughly enjoy. And then my lesser known one, kind of like D4DJ, I think it gets um, a little bit less credit because it's in CG. It's called Knights of Sidonia. So this is a sen- the story element of Knights of Sidonia is uh, humanity is gone essentially except for this one civilization that is on a moving comet or meteoroid or something like that so humanity is down to a hundred thousand people let's just say and they have to use like mechs and fight in space against the people that essentially killed off the human civilization nice Sindonia takes place in space along with just a fantastic uh premise in this like post-apocalyptic uh comet traveling adventure uh, has really cool action sequences and um, a unique style on like aliens and um, what what else is out there type of thing. So Knights of Sidonia, uh, it is mech. So if you're not a fan of mechs, I get it since I, I'm not the biggest mech fan ever. However, I think the story is so cool and unique that I, I'm putting this in kind of like my uh, under the radar one uh, in the sci-fi genre. Moving to horror. Yes, horror. Um, gonna cheat here because I love this so much. It was in my mystery. I'm putting it in horror too. Perfect Blue. If you haven't watched Perfect Blue, uh, I'm telling you twice. This this movie is perfection. It's just an absolute treat of a movie. Um, the psychological elements I talked about before in the mystery of trying to figure out who, what, and where. Uh, Perfect Blue has the horror of senseless killing and, um being trapped in your own mind and that like psychological horror aspect to me is just what separates it from other shows just in general. Um, and then I'm cheating here for my under the radar one because it was at 257,000 members, but it's so good. I had recommended uh Mononoke. We did a show about this on watch club as well. Uh, short stories compiled into like one main story. So kind of like little threads getting into one big thread of a stylish show where different people have different like horror aspects where we have like one that involves like childbirth and cheating and stuff like that it's it has a, it's such a unique art to the show as well that that also separates it from like other horror anime that the style the visual storytelling of mononoke kind of is haunting at times and if you look up like pvs and clips of it you will see kind of what i'm talking about but i would highly recommend just going to check out like the first episode of mononoke and seeing how unique of a storytelling element that it has that the horror genre really doesn't see i think especially in anime it relies a lot on um the gore and the killing where where we see horror this is more of like the psychological storytelling of like Yes, this is outlandish, but you know what? This has like real life uh, scenarios that we see. And to me, that's like what separates Mononoke from other horror anime. Let's get away from uh, creepy, crawly horror stuff. And let's get into the best genre other than romance, which is Slice of Life. If you don't know what Slice of Life is, it's just like chilling. 
Uh, very little drama, if any. And of course, if you know me, my staple for the slice of life genre is laid back camp. It's about girls going camping. There's nothing more to it. The biggest problems that they have in this show is trying to get money to go camping. If you're looking for no stress, just having fun, a relaxing uh, style show, I can't recommend laid back camp enough. It's if you're ever hung over, this is like my number one hangover show as well. It's so chill. It's so fun. The, the background art and the music in the show is just, you're vibing to it. It's that that's the style of show. It reminds me of like a lo-fi beat. If it was an anime, this is what laid back camp is. And my under the radar one is super cub. Uh, super cub is a show that depicts three girls, mostly two at the end. We get the third one, but sort of like your love for a hobby. And in this case, it's like scooters or very like low powered motorcycles. And just a wonderful story that depicts friendship with bonding over that hobby. So whether it's you finding a friend through sports or through knitting or whatever your hobby is, that's kind of like what Super Cub is. And especially for somebody who had um, the main character who has a hard time finding friends and kind of being alone, that her love of this of motorcycles and her cub leads to um for like her best friend and it's a fantastic telling of that style of show if you're into something more chill more hobby based that's what i would recommend super cub moving from slice of life while this genre does have a lot of, a lot of slice of life elements in it as well uh that's adventure uh to me the staple for adventure it's literally the reason for the podcast uh it was my inspiration for the podcast is a place further than the universe and I've talked about this before, but it is a adventure of four girls going to Antarctica, but it's so much more than that. It is a telling of your youth and making with it of what you have left. Um, time is a resource. How do you want to use that resource? And a place further in the universe depicts that in a way of, I want to go on an adventure. I don't really care what it is, but I need to experience something. I'm sick of being stuck in where I am. And in this case, they go to Antarctica and it's just a fantastic story of four people coming together over this, in some cases, not even the same goal, but like the same destination and building that relationship from that experience. And to me, that's what A Place Further in the Universe does better than almost any other show. It's just a fantastic telling of adventure and friendship and sisterhood and stuff like that. It's a wonderful show. My lesser known adventure, cheating a little bit here, uh, I think it was at like 252,000, so bear with me, is Somali in the Forest Spirit. Uh, Somali is a, um, is a human growing up in a world where um, beasts and creatures are the majority, and humans are kind of seen as like a pest. In some cases, a lot of times they're sold off as slaves or just even killed. Uh, she is found by a forest spirit who is trying to guide her to her parents. We find out that we don't really know if she has parents and um, the forest spirit is on use time running out as the spirit itself has a set timeline on when it expires as being a forest spirit golem-esque character. Uh, fantastic storytelling in terms of world building and what a world without humans looks like in terms of like these beasts, these creatures, these spirits that roam the earth, along with like the 
father-daughter relationship that they kind of have is just a fantastic storytelling adventure of just adulthood and being a parent and having responsibility whether Somali if that was if it was a dog it could have been like the same style of story of just responsibility and having that adventure with somebody else a uh, fantastic story it sucks that we're never going to get it finished however i do think that the 12 episodes that are out are worth every second of watching uh and our last genre of the day goes to sports um save this for last because as weebs probably not the biggest in the sports however there are some fantastic sports anime out there no surprise my pinnacle of sports anime is haiku i think it is the best telling of competitive sports especially season three karasuno versus shiro torizawa to me is the best arc in anime history because of the feeling that i had when i played competitive sports and how they feel is just a fantastic retelling of that uh element of competitive sports not only that the the cast is just fantastic we see a wide range of characters that i think are very fleshed out and the volleyball scenes itself are just wonderful so yeah if you haven't seen haiku i'm assuming you also are living under a rock just like you were with violet evergarden and my under under the radar one is called baby steps i picked it specifically because i played tennis growing up this is a tennis anime very interesting storytelling elements of how the player becomes better at tennis uses a more um technical approach in finding like angles and stuff like that with tennis uh speed velocity th those type of elements to become a better tennis player little unrealistic however i do think how they present it in the story is a very fun way of depicting somebody instead of just you know working harder and getting better this person goes to the books to get better at it um if you're familiar with professional golf which i don't think a lot of people are there is a golfer named bryson dechambeau who uses um like physics and geometry to be better at golf and he's like a top i think he's like a top 20 golfer now but he like uses this as a way to find like better angles on how he should hit the ball and certain elements and baby steps kind of has that element it's a like i said before a little unrealistic in terms of you can't just draw angles on a piece of paper and get better at it it's you need to get the reps but it's just a change of pace compared to like prince of tennis which is like uh wizards playing tennis or something like that it, it has a more realistic approach in a fun way and that's why i usually recommend baby steps if to my like tennis friends or if you ever just a fan of tennis check out baby steps it's really cool also for me side note the, it has a romance element into it that i just i thoroughly enjoy and to me it's kind of like i don't know it's a guilty pleasure anime for sure i think it could be better in some other elements but just the tennis scenes and the romance to me is what knocks it up a bit so that being said, hopefully my chair wasn't that squeaky. Uh, I knocked through the four main demographics of anime along with my staples of genres. So that was really fun and my throat hurts. I'm not going to lie. I talked for like 40 minutes straight. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, the best way to do so is like, comment, subscribe. Uh, leave a review on whatever uh, platform you're listening to us on or watching us on. We have visual content on YouTube, audio content anywhere podcasts are found. Um, if you are a supporter and you made it this far, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, next week, we'll be doing Watch Club for Fooly Cooly. That's going to be super fun. Otherwise, uh, in two weeks, we're going to be bringing back our Mal Review game, which is going to be the whole cast again. And it's a very fun game. 
that we played that you have to guess the review and the anime off of just awful, awful my anime review list. So thank you again, and we will see you next time. Bye, everybody.